This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, Brie Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> How are we? How are we doing? We're today? having a good day. We I are. I have like I'm really excited. I went shopping with my daughter this weekend. Yes. And I got a really awesome shirt. I love your shirt. My shirt. Okay, so I'm gonna read it to you guys. It says I'd love to, but my dog says no. You're kind of using the dog as a scapegoat there. Uh, I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> come back to that no guilt mom mindset and uh, brings you back to that one about I'm allowed to say no. Yeah. On those um, situations where I'm feeling a little bit nervous about it, mm-hmm. I can totally blame it on my dog. Like You can totally blame it on your, yeah, on your dog. Yeah. I, I know you guys are going out tonight, but you know what? My dog says he needs cuddles. He says no. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. I love it. It's all about defining those priorities and then using your dog as a scapegoat. I can. I can. Because it's not like your dog's going to come back to you and be like, I didn't say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your dog has plausible deniability. (laughs) (laughs) And my dog is like a little long-haired chihuahua. So that's so funny. He's like, no, it's not me. No, no, not me. me." So today we're talking to Laura Smith of iHeart Planners. And I have known Laura for quite a while. Uh, We were in the same business mastermind together. It's how I met her. And uh, she's always just amazed me with how like big she's grown her business, how well she runs her business. And she's the mom to two very small children, six and four. Yeah. So she seems like superwoman. And that is why I wanted to talk to her today, because even though it does seem like superwoman from the outside, Laura talks a lot about how she delegates, how she makes priorities and how she doesn't do all the things. Right, right. And one thing that I really, really loved is that from the early childhood perspective, we were talking about making time to do things with your kids. And First of all, her she had a little section of her very immaculate office. She did. Which I think we took some pictures we to did. show we along with this. We have some pictures this. in the show notes for you. So definitely. well put together. But there was this table that she felt was so messy, which wasn't that bad at all. But no. you know what the awesome thing was? Is that she was okay with it being there because it reminded her of her time with her kids. And when she spends her time with her kids, we were, again, we're talking about being organized and productive. She had a really phenomenal philosophy that I just, I just, it made my heart like burst out of my chest. I know you got really excited when she talked about yes, that. Yes. Cause she talks about how when you're doing, when you're spending your time with your kids, yeah, it's not something that check off the list of the to do things. Okay. Did I spend an hour with my kids today? No. 
She's like, be there in the moment and think about the fact that when you're spending time with your kids, you're actually trying to teach them something. Yeah. And I, I'm like, you are. You're trying to teach them kindness or or a skill of like an actual, like, you know, building something. Whatever it is, your interaction is teaching your child. It's about the quality. Exactly. She related it. Instead of doing the task, like trying to get the laundry done or trying to get the house picked up, it was really mm-hmm. teaching her kids how to do the task was first and then getting the task done was second. Right. And I think that takes so much stress off of us, especially those of us with younger kids who every time they offer to help, it does slow us down. But thinking about it that way, you're like, well, that's not the reason I'm doing this right now. That's not the reason my kids are here helping me. I definitely feel like that mind shift helps take off that stress. Yes, it was great. She has so many great tips. So Laura Smith, she helps busy women ditch the one size fits all planning systems so that they can create homes that work for them filled with less stress and more peace. She is also the host of the Get Organized HQ Summit. It is a free summit, guys. It's like 70 speakers. You need to go sign up for this. It starts Monday, September 14th, but really go get your ticket now. And there's also an option to buy this all access pass, which I totally recommend because I don't know about you, but I can't fit in 70 speakers in one week. That would be way too many sessions. (laughs) I need the all access pass myself. So we're going to put a link to that in the show notes as well and uh, enjoy Laura's interview. We are brought to you today by the DOT planning system. Now, all of our kids are going back to school. Maybe it's online. Maybe it's back in the classroom. Maybe it's hybrid. And those going back into middle school, they're a little stressed. They may not know how to plan or organize all of their things. Right. It's a lot. I mean, especially if you're going from that single teacher environment to multi-teachers environment. And then plus junior high, middle school, their assignments are more in depth. It's not just worksheets. And kids really, really struggle when they have to balance all of these different teachers' expectations and all of these different class due dates. And so that is where the dot planning system comes in and helps. It is more than a planner. It is a total system that teaches kids how to think about their long-term projects, how to organize their time on school nights, like when, hopefully soon, when the extracurricular activities return. Exactly. How to balance those. And it's one of those planners that I wish I would have had as a kid. Now, here's what makes me excited about it. Actually, it's two things. One, having the ability to be able to plan your time effectively is a life skill. It is a life skill, I think all of us as parents want our children to be able to effectively plan their days and to be able to have good time management. That's just hands down. We want that skill to happen for them. And this dot planning system not only helps with that life planning skill, but it goes a step further. And guess what? It actually teaches them how to do it. It's not just, here's the planner. No, no, no. With the planner, you get the video instruction that goes through step-by-steps and teaches your child how to actually look at their day, how to do that time planning, how to actually look at the large projects. It's not just handing them a planner and going, here you go, good luck with that. Yeah, like I feel like I got handed a planner and was said, good luck with that when I was in middle school. I think I did this to my fifth graders too because I had no idea as a teacher how to teach long-term planning then. But now this system lays it all out for kids and gets them started on the skill that'll benefit them for the rest of their lives. So go check out the DOT planning system. We have a link for you in the show notes and let's get started. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. the No Guilt Mom podcast. We're so happy to have you. Yes. Hi. hi thanks. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a week. It's been a week here. Um, and I hope that your week has gone better, but I'm so interested in hearing 
all about your organizational strategies and all the good stuff that you have to share with us and our audience. And right now, as we're looking at Laura, she is in this beautiful office with a white bookshelf to the side and these labeled bins. It just looks like the most beautifully organized space oh, I've yeah. ever seen. It's it's gorgeous. It's stunning. Like That's the first thing I said to her. Like, it's so beautiful. How did you really... You did not start out in organizing. Tell us, what did you start out for your career? Well, uh, for my career, I started out as an electrical engineer. I worked as an engineer designing nuclear power plants for about seven years. So really nothing to do with organizing. No, that's quite the shift. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I say that I went from designing nuclear power plants to designing planners and printables. And I love it. (laughs) Is it like, do you think that's a happier transition for you? Like, do you get more joy out of designing the planners and printables versus the nuclear power plants or... Oh, I do on so many levels. Like my heart is at home. And I feel like when I was like designing something so big and there were so many parts, like you never got to see the thing that you were working on. And it was like more abstract and theoretical. And with this, I like that I can create something and just see those results and also even interact with the end people who are using it. Like I knew that nuclear power plant in general, like yes, people need electricity and it benefits them. But I never was like talking to the people who were enjoying the thing that I created. So I love, I love that part of it. Right. You never got to hear anybody say, you know, I really appreciate that nuclear power plant that you did over in Palo Verde. It was just, you know, amazing. I love it every night. Like I understand. I really do relate to that. You're like, see, when my light turned on last night, that was you. Thank you. Yes. Right. (laughs) But I can understand the impact of being able to see that, wow, what I did mattered. It actually, it made a positive result. That's just very fulfilling. So You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. 
And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. It sounds like a very big jump from nuclear power to organization. So what caused you to get out of the engineering field? Before I switched, I researched a lot about, you know, this whole idea of blogging from home and things like that. And I think it appealed to me because I've always had this I don't know, the special love for being home. I mean, I like going out, you know, I don't like to stay home all the time, but I just have this love for it being just this haven. And when I was working, you know, a full-time nine to five with a commute, I wasn't even home all that much. And I think just the aspect of like being able to work from home and like be more in control is really appealing. So I researched for a couple years, like engineers do, you know, research, you research. I love, I love your engineering mindset, by the way, we'll get a little more into that, but I love it. Yeah. So I researched and I finally, you know, I was really hesitant because I am basically, I was one of the world's shyest people, like just like afraid to go to the grocery store kind of shy. And I think that's part of the reason why I love home so much because it's like the place that you can be yourself and not just be afraid of the big, scary world out there. And I was afraid of like sharing online. I was like, I couldn't do that. And this was even, I mean, this was when I started researching, it was probably close to 10 years ago. So this was before video and lives were such an element of like having an online business. But even then the thought of like sharing photos and words with the world was terrifying. But I finally one year was just like, I am just sick and tired of not doing all these things I want to do just because I'm afraid. So I'm just going to do them anyway. And so in December of that year, I went to the very end of the year, I finally launched, you know, a blog and a product after trying many different things. I didn't even see the light of day. Not a lot of people know that, but I had different blogs kind of never hit publish. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this one I finally did. I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And I kind of had envisioned, I'd always wanted to stay home with my kids when I had kids. That was just my dream. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to do a little work like during nap times or whatever and bring in a little side income, which on one income, you know, any little extra bit helps. And it sounded great. And that was kind of my vision for it, but it kind of grew well beyond (laughs) what my initial vision had been. I think you have the dream here that a lot of people want. A lot of women too. I had it too when I was teaching. A flexible career where you could stay at home. You decide when you want to work. You decide what you want to do. Did you stay in engineering while you started your business? Or did you know that you were done with engineering? You wanted to be home. You quit and then started. It was closer to the latter. We'd planned on me staying home and like we were only living on my husband's income even when I was an engineer so that we would be able to make that possible. And so we just thought, hey, if I could do this when I have kids, I can certainly just quit. And, you know, we can definitely live on the one income and then see what happens. Maybe this business will take off. Maybe I'll find something part-time. Maybe I won't want to work at all. Like we didn't really know, but I just knew I was ready to be done with that and move on. Awesome. And your kids right now, they're six and four. Yes. And you said you did this 10 years ago. So you started the business before they were even born. Yep. They didn't exist at all when I started. So then when you had your first child, how then did you balance everything? How did you balance running your own business and being mom? Well, it's not always easy. And for me in particular, my first baby was one of those high needs babies who's not thrilled. She was just mad at being born, basically. I'm sure you I know, had one of those. You see yes. one of those. Yeah, I had one of those. Totally. Yes. You know, so she did need a lot of attention and um, like, oh man, I didn't sleep until she was 10 months old. <laughs> so basically, I kind of fit it in wherever I could. It only took 
probably like three or four weeks before I got like, I think I started with one day a week childcare because I was like, Hey, I just need a few hours. I think it was six hours, one day a week. I was like, I need a few hours to know that no matter what I can have this focus time to work. And I was able to do what I had to get done with that time. I really prioritized what I was getting done. I knew the one part of my business that was the most important. So I started there and I said, no matter what, this one part that was like my weekly blog content and newsletter, this is getting done. Like Mm -hmm. I can't promise anything else, but we know this is going to happen. I also prepped ahead like crazy before my daughter was born because, you know, then I was focusing on the business full-time. And I was like, I got like 12 weeks ahead on... I've never done that since, side note. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty phenomenal. 12 weeks. Oh my gosh. I get excited with like 12 days, 12 minutes. Yeah. So I put everything on autopilot. Yeah. So that's kind of... And you know what? I'm going to just guess that that has something to do with your engineering mindset of being able to look at the problem and go, okay, this is how... These are the solutions that are possible and, and what I might be able to do. Yes, for sure. Also, I like how you started small. Like you just started with one day a week of childcare. I feel like that's kind of what I did too. I started my business when I had both my kids and I had this overwhelming feeling of guilt of putting them in childcare because I'd seen all of these examples of moms doing it all and running a business and yet taking mm-hmm. care of their kids and then homeschooling and then, but we never see the, tasks that they delegate and the things that they don't do, like their don't do list. And I think one of those don't do lists is getting someone to help with childcare. Oh, totally true. Yeah. Yeah. And that you don't need to do it all because having a kid at home, that is like breaks in focus every few seconds when you are the responsible person for that child. Right. For sure. So you started with one day a week of childcare. And now I know that your business is like phenomenal. You have this amazing summit coming up, the Get Organized HQ, which has how many speakers are lined up for this? About 70. I mean, it's amazing. And they are big name people, big names. And she, it's a massive, impressive event. But knowing you, I also know that you don't do it all on your own. Can you talk a little bit about what you delegate and how you organize your time now. Yeah, so true. I just, I don't do it all on my own and I don't even do it all. So, I mean, first of all, I don't know, fairly early on in my business, I started hiring out there and I have several full-time employees now. So I am not the only person running all of that. And I think you see a lot of people when you see them online. And even I, when I follow like influencers or bloggers, because they're the ones like putting out the content, I imagine that they're doing all of these things. But the truth is many of them, myself included, have so much help (laughs) doing all of those things. So I had people to help me coordinate and do all of that. And then on the home front, right now we have about three days a week of childcare. My daughter just started kindergarten, which is like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so... That must be hard right now though. Is she doing the distance learning or are you guys back in no, the classroom? No, she's actually, she's been in person for, for a while now. Party for so that. <laughs> yeah. It's like been good and bad though. It's hard for a mom to let their first child, you know, grow up like that. <laughs> and especially in this, you know, year, it's a tough year for a child to be starting school. But yes. um, so that's happened. And then, yeah, we still have childcare. And so I delegate that. I just realized that I personally, I've always been awful at multitasking. And when I tried to work with my kids around, like I see other moms doing, and maybe it works great for some, it just made everyone upset basically all the time because I was always feeling frustrated and guilty that like, I should have been like focusing on them and working a puzzle with them or whatever they wanted instead of doing work. And then I was like, oh, I should have been getting this done at work. And then frustration is so much easier when you're dealing with complicated work tasks. Some things are easier, but there's, you know, always like an upset email from someone or a tech challenge. You're like, why is it working? I can't figure it out. When you're like dealing with that, but you also have your kids, it just, for me, it was really hard to stay just patient and calm. And so I was like, yeah, we're, this isn't working. If I'm going to work, I'm going to need focused time to know, Hey, this is what I can get done. And so, yeah. And then I just, there's a ton of stuff I don't do. Like my house, like you see these beautiful shelves behind me and I do keep my workspace looking nice because except for, I don't know if you can see this table behind me has a whole bunch of junk. And that's because my kids came in here with me the other day. 
you know, that's like a manageable mess for me. I don't think that really looks bad because everything around it is clean. <laughs> right, and like, I just right. got lazy. That was two <laughs> right. nights ago. And I was like, well, I could clean it up, but it's behind me. So I can't even see it. We'll post pictures of this interview and put them in show notes so everyone can see what, what we're talking about here. But I think it looks beautiful. And actually, did you position yourself in such a way well, so you know, that you can't do see it on purpose. Table? I did you not notice realize you're right in front of the they table. They probably don't see all <laughs> of this. <laughs> It looks fun. It looks, it like, looks like it was a, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like somebody had a fun time and I bet there were lots of smiles and that. Yeah. It was and a I do period keep of two bins um, just for stuff for them to play with when they do come in here, but that's fairly rare. Like if I need to get some work done and they come in here, but usually they stay out of the office. It's like my zone and there's, you know, cameras and all this stuff set up. So it's a little, you know, not the best place for kids to be running around. So, and I just like, Yes. And our house is not super clean all the time by any... My office is the cleanest space because that's where I work. And I struggle to function when everything's a mess. It just makes me stressed. So I keep the space where I am clean, but I cannot speak for all the rest of the spaces all the time. It's just... Yeah. So what I hear though from you and when you're talking, you have really a lot of insight into your own personality and how you function and what makes you frustrated. There is no shame or blame about not being able to manage all the things, but instead you have this recognition of, hey, this all this stuff makes me crazy. So we need to find a plan to make sure that I am not stressed with all of these things I have to do and to make it manageable and doable. Because I think that a lot of moms, and I include myself in those moms, I get really stressed and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not on the ball. I'm dropping everything or I'm not organized enough. And that's the reason why I feel all of this when really that's not the case at all. It's too much stuff to handle. And I love how you have delegated and figured that out. Yeah. And part of it is just redefining. Like I used to think that I needed my house to be like spotless and everything to run. Like my kids to be checking off the little checklist every single morning and getting every check mark. And like, I envisioned it that way. And then I realized none of us really like that. Like that doesn't help anybody. anybody. (laughs) And so I realized like, Hey, let's not waste our time feeling guilty for the things that we don't do if they're not that critically important. Yeah. It sounds like you give yourself permission to say no and to have those boundaries and in, in your space when you need it. So let's talk a little bit about how you do organize because I know a lot of moms that we've talked to, they feel incredibly stressed in their own home. They feel like they need to have that spotless house. What would you say to someone just starting out, what is a way they should approach organization and feeling calmer and like their home's a haven? So I would say a couple of things. The first thing is if you can carve out any little space to stay neat, like for me, it's my office. That'll help you a lot because if you have a whole home and you're thinking, oh, I need to revamp everything it's overwhelming. You're not going to be able to get that done in a short period of time. So just knowing that you have this space for yourself, maybe it's your closet that you keep really nice or your bathroom or whatever space you have that you want to start with, I would say start small and get that under control. So you have that like feeling of space. And I think it's not just the spaces, it's our time. I don't know how many of us, myself included, like go to bed at night and we're like, oh my goodness, I'm such a failure because I only got 20% of my to-do list done. That's a big struggle. And so what I do is I use the three bucket system where I divide my tasks for the day into like appointments. Those are things like, you probably already do those, you're not going to miss those. But then I divide it into main priorities and everything else. And the main priorities get just three to five of the top tasks that I most want to get done that day. And if I just get those done, I still call that day a win. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms 
and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So that's kind of how I take back control. Instead of looking at this like huge list of like 30 things that I need to do and feeling out of control already because I know I can't get all those things done. It kind of puts me back in control. Did you have trouble transitioning to calling like the three to five things a win? Yes. I mean, sometimes I still do because I think it's almost like, I almost look at it as a good thing that I, I'm always feeling frustrated that I wish I had more time because there's so many more good things that I want to do and could be doing. Like the opposite problem would, and I kind of look at it that way. Like it's good that I have 12 more business ideas I wanted to get to and 10 more hobbies that I wanted to do. So I try to look at that as like a blessing of having like a full life and so many options. And then it just takes a lot of like thinking about how you talk to yourself when it comes to realizing like, Hey, I'm not a failure and, and talking to myself, like, cause I would, I would be like, Oh my goodness, you're such a failure. So-and-so manages to keep a tidy house and herself looking beautiful and uh, volunteers at these three things and has this job. And you know, why can't I? Of course, I don't know all the details about what the inside workings of their life looks like. Yeah, you don't know what's going on behind that curtain back there, huh? In that person's life. And I'm just different. Like, it's okay if somebody else has, you know, a capacity to do 12 things and I only function well doing five things. Then I'll pick the five things that do work for me. So yeah, the comparison is a killer. Like that always what gets me seeing that, oh my gosh, someone else is so much farther ahead than I am. And they keep it all together and their kids are dressed wonderfully. Those are so well manicured. There's images that we work on to show other people. Yeah. It kills us. It kills us. And I find that comparison makes my mood drop bigger than any other mental game I play on myself. Yeah. So true. And I just think it's so whether it's someone in real life or like something you see on social media, which, you know, those are all staged. They are all <laughs> like, staged. All staged. Filters. You know, I could teach everyone how to do really great Instagram filters to make yourself <laughs> look great all the time. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wish that I could just walk around. I've said this before with one of those Instagram story filters on. Like I wouldn't even have to put on makeup. Just like, let's turn this filter on. Well, I have like, I have these pictures taken and I always tell people when like in my emails, the first email they ever get from No Guilt Mom is two pictures of me side by side. And I'm like, this picture, I spent an hour at Dry Bar and then an hour in the Mac makeup chair. And then I had a professional photographer who knew lighting to take it. That's this picture. That picture, I snapped a selfie on my cell phone because it is so staged. And I think that people need to know that what they're seeing online and what they're seeing from others, it's more of the perception that those other people want to project at that time versus what is reality. And we're not saying that's a bad thing, but but you just can't think that's 24 seven reality. Mm -hmm. Right. True. So you say to start with an area, just one little area in your house and try to get that clean and neat. What about, what do you do with your kids' rooms? Do you organize anything with your kids or do you let your kids kind of 
manage them. I mean, they're six and four, so they probably don't manage themselves too much. But how do you kind of involve them in the organizing? So in general, I like to involve them as much as possible. And I really kind of look at it. It can be frustrating whether you're trying to organize their room or get something done in your home. And it goes less smoothly and takes more time when you have little helpers. But I kind of look at it like when I'm with them, my first goal is to help teach them. My second goal is to actually get the thing done. You said something there that I really, really like. Mm -hmm. You actually prioritize the time that you're spending with your kids too. Like, what is my goal while I'm here so that it helps you be there in the moment and realize, again, what your focus is? Because I think sometimes when we're with our kids, we think, again, we're supposed to be doing everything, right? And you just said, like, my goal is to help them like learn how to do things. So... Yeah, I think that's excellent. Yeah, and I just found it makes me so stressed when I'm trying to like, all right, we got to get this done. It just doesn't help anyone. And then you get frustrated when they try to help. And that's what I want them to be doing. Like for my kids, they're so little and in the stage where they like helping. And I think that's fun. And I want to encourage that as long as possible and just make them feel good. Like, yeah, you did a good job folding that even if it's not quite the way that I would have done it. So I just try to encourage them and help them in that way. And I also like as much as possible not to have tons of stuff in their rooms. I mean, we recently, and this about every six months or so, I would say, we do a huge like pull out all the toys and get rid of half of them kind of situation. Maybe not quite, but like it just starts to get overwhelming. And it's just because they have too much stuff. And so... I like to get rid of the stuff, not have crazy amounts of stuff, especially in their rooms. I think that's a good strategy because the more you have, the more they have to put away. And that's a recipe for disaster. Don't even get me started on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's Audrey's closet. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen like your kids take on more organization roles through the years as you've been working with them? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they both, they'll be like, oh, mommy, I'm organizing like my littlest. He'll, (laughs) this kind of annoys us, but he opens up the spice drawer where I have them all alphabetized and he rearranges them because he literally thinks he's organizing. (laughs) He's like, mommy, I'm organizing because that's what he sees me doing. And then I have to go re-alphabetize them. And they're the kind you can't really see. Like, it's really hard to find them if they're not alphabetized. But, you know, little things like that. And then I've just seen them just start sorting things. Like they'll, and little kids, I think, just naturally like to sort things. So they'll be sorting things or they'll organize things or they'll get really excited. We turned our coat closet into a craft closet because we only each have one coat. So we don't have a bunch of coats we need to store. We have hooks for those. And so our dining room is basically like our craft room and our everything room. And so we just, and that's where our coat closet is. So we just turned that into a craft closet. And we recently got new shelves because our organization system wasn't working. And they were just so excited about them and like putting them up and deciding how to like arrange all the things. So like, I definitely like getting them involved and I think they keep it up a little better. And they really like knowing where things are. It really helps them. And I've seen as they've gotten a little bit older, especially with our craft closet, what I love is they just go in there and they just grab stuff out and start doing stuff, you know, and I like seeing them do that. Like, and my daughter, she's just learning to like read and write. And so she'll just get out a piece of paper and she loves writing notes, like unprompted. She'll be like, I love you, mom. Have a nice day. So, and really, I don't think that would be nearly as possible if we didn't have everything in a place and she knew where it was and she felt free to just go get it and start using it. And she knows where to put it back. Although I will say, I'm not at all militant about making them put stuff back. So if you come over at any random time, we might have our craft stuff all strewn about the table. I mean, I do try to teach them, but I'm not like, okay, you can't get anything else out. And so just because I don't have the bandwidth to pay that much attention to it. And so like, oh, well. (laughs) we'll get it put back yeah it brings that statement true of excuse the mess my kids are making memories like i i don't know i've always loved that yeah and it's not important really to put everything back i mean that shouldn't be the priority in life to have a spick and span clean house the priority is to have a happy family and happy kids and maybe embrace the messiness embrace the messiness is a big theme in this podcast yes embrace the messiness and it sounds like that is what you've done and you're not letting the mess bother you Yeah. And I think when you have like a sort of put it back, it's less stressful, you know, like, okay, I know where everything goes. 
and I can get it put away in five minutes. It just makes it less stressful versus if I never organize it in the first place. That's always stressful to me because I'm like, I don't even know where it goes or if I have a place for all of it. And I think that helps. So I know that someplace that people can go to learn more organization strategies is your summit. Can you tell us a little bit about your summit coming up? Yeah. So it's called Get Organized HQ. And we brought together 70 different experts on all sorts of topics related to home organizing and just creating a home that is full of peace and free from stress. So everything from like organizing your closet, organizing your kitchen, meal planning, getting your family on board, digital organizing, organizing your finances, like All of those topics are covered and it's free to attend live. So it goes live for a week. Every single session is available to you to watch for 24 hours for free. And then if you really want to get immediate access or if you really want lifetime access, plus like tons of other bonuses, you can choose to buy the all access pass after you join the event. Yeah. And we will have a link to that event in the show notes. And if people want to uh, have their kids organize their own schoolwork, I'm I'm a session on this. Oh, well. yes. yes. Yes, totally. And that's a big one this year, I think. With the everything that's going on. For sure. Yeah. Themselves. Trying to figure out how to get that organized and motivated. That's a big one. Definitely. Well, Laura, you have given us so many tips on how you work to get rid of the mom guilt and how your systems are in place where you can function and you can focus and what you need to focus on without feeling guilty for anything that you either don't have control over or you've decided ahead of time that you should not be doing. And I've so loved your perspective on it. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And we'll talk to you soon. I always love talking to Laura because she makes me kind of reconsider all my anxieties about not doing enough. Really? Yeah. Because I see everything that she's accomplished and then to hear her say that she doesn't do it all. Like, yeah. That makes me feel better. It does. It, you know, because we have so much on our shoulders. It's sometimes it's nice because again, we see things in such a perfect light these days with social media Mm -hmm. that it's nice to hear that you're not the only one that not only thinks about having other people do things, but actually does have other people do things. Yeah. Does have other people do things. Like, I don't know if I told you how stressed I was about putting my kids in childcare. Like even last year when Eric was starting kindergarten and I was trying to get No Guilt Mom up and running more, I knew I needed more time. I knew that breaking it like 2.30 was interrupting my workflow. Mm -hmm. And yet I was so resistant to enrolling him in after school care. Was that because of that whole mom guilt? It of was people judging guilt. and being like, you're at home. Why can't you just watch him? That was the exact narrative going through my head. Yep. I was like, well, I'm at home. I should be able to do all the things and save our family money and this unnecessary childcare expense. Like that was my inner monologue. And then out of curiosity, how did that inner monologue play out when you mentioned it to your husband about childcare? Oh my gosh. He's like, just enroll him. <laughs> He, I mean, he's so cut and dry about it, but he's like, he's like, you need more time to work. He should just go to aftercare. And I'm like, okay, we'll try it. And that first day I felt so guilty, but then he came home and he told me all the things they did. Like they did crafts, they did movies. He got more playtime with his friends. Like way more things than you get to do. Way more things than he would have gotten to do at home. And just doing that and actually enrolling him in it. I feel like it made me feel better. It, you know what? Okay, I've got to share a little tidbit of that too. Like yeah. when my kids were in elementary school, my daughter would always complain that she wanted to go to after school care. And I'm like, well, I don't need, I can do this. I don't need you to go. And those were her things. Like, but all my friends that get to go get to do crafts, they get to have popcorn. And I'm like, we can make popcorn at home. You can do crafts. And she's like, it's not the same. Yes. Like it's, I had all this pressure in my head that I needed to do it. And Mm -hmm. again, we were in that situation. I wasn't in a financial place that I could put her in after school care, but it's such a positive. We sometimes get held back from those guilty thoughts that are going on, worried about how people are going to judge us, how they're going to view it because that inner dialogue, when really once we actually get over that anxiety hump, do the task, we end up finding out that, huh, it wasn't so bad. Matter of fact, it's really great. It's really great. Not only like, do we get more, like I got more work done, but my son got more playtime. Now my daughter 
she, I put her in aftercare too, and she did not like that as a sixth grader. Well, but she got used to it. She got used to it, definitely. But I love seeing how Laura delegates everything and how she does not do everything or feel like she needs to do everything. And I I really do love, again, like you just said, she was very freeing in her comment of like, just like, no, I have a team. Yeah, she has a team. People help me do it. Yeah. Yeah. You think I could do all this on my own? And that was how she does such a good job of being able to feel like she has time for everybody and that she is so organized and able to stay on task. So we mentioned an engineering mindset that Laura has a lot in this interview. Mm-hmm. And as I was re-listening to the interview, I realized that I never told the story about Laura's engineering mindset kind of at work and how we were in the same mastermind and all of us in the mastermind, like it was maybe 14 women, we were freaking out about, oh my gosh, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Like stuff in our businesses. Of course. And so Laura was in the hot seat and we're like, Laura, like, what if it doesn't work? And she says, eh. she just shrugs her shoulders. I'll adjust. <laughs> and I love it. I'll pivot. I'll, I'll, pivot. I'll adjust. And that was so refreshing to see. And just thinking that you can have that attitude, which was so foreign to me. And it shouldn't be because what other chance, what other choice do we have, but to just adjust. Right. I think that that is parenthood, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about adjusting. But I have to say, Joanne, from our time that I've been working here with you, you do a great job adjusting of having that positive attitude of like, eh, this sucks right now, but we'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What you don't see is like the chicken in my head is running around <laughs> saying the sky is falling. Ah, the sky is right falling. Feathers everywhere. Falling. Oh my gosh. Like last week, I barely kept it together after last week, but. But this week has been phenomenal. Yes. Because we have those weeks. Yes. Because last week, yeah. I mean, if you are on the No Guilt Mom email list, which you should go get on the No Guilt Mom email list, go to noguiltmom.com and just sign up for anything that pops up. Like <laughs> everything we have is amazing and great. But once you sign up, you'll be on that list. And I told people in our No Guilt Mom community this, but last week was just a horrible week involving all the animals in my house decided just to throw a fit at the exact (laughs) same time. It did. It was like every day I kept going like, well, Joanne can't get any worse tomorrow. Oh, and then it it did. And then it did. The universe was like, oh, really? Oh, really? Hold my drink. Hold my drink. (laughs) Hold my drink. Because yeah, first my cat got sick (laughs) and we were like afraid the cat was at death's door. Like he was just not eating. He was skeletal. It was bad. And he's older. So that wasn't a crazy thought process. No, it was, he's 15. Yeah. But- uh, then well, Tuesday, was it Monday? I don't even remember. Right. Uh, they're all starting to blur together. My daughter comes up to the office and she's like, mom, something red is hanging out of Koba's mouth. And I'm like, what? And I go down and he has this bloody drool going all down his face. Ugh. And I'm like, what is this? So we take him to the vet. They have no idea what's wrong. They do all the tests. They give him some antibiotics and some anti-inflammatories. And now he's better. And they think it was just a tooth issue or like something in the mouth. But then Thursday, my dogs, I got them bones. And my older dog, Lily, who is almost 14, she was sitting in the office eating the bone. And I knew Addie, the three-year-old, she had that like stare that she was going to cause some trouble. And I should have listened to my instincts on that one because in about 10 seconds, I heard her and they were in a full-blown dogfight. Yeah. Like totally. I hadn't seen one before with your, I mean, I'd heard of them, but I hadn't seen one before with your two dogs. Yeah. And it cracks me up because you have two big dogs. They're two big dogs. They're like 65 pounds. And I and I have like a yeah. long-haired chihuahua. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my God, they're so big. Dog fights, horrifying. You hear yelping. My dog, Addie, doesn't let go when she latches on. So it's me like holding her and trying to get her to let go of my other dog. But you were calm. You were like, you were just, I was like, what can I do? And you're like, nothing. Nothing. I just need to wait her out. I need to wait her out. But yeah. And so when Addie attacked Lily, Lily pooped all over the office. (laughs) Because poor Lily. Oh my God. Crap out of her. Literally. (laughs) Pooped all over the office. And then I had to take her to the vet for uh, stitches and she had a drain in her face for a while. It was just a bad week. It was a bad week. Right. But, you know, we all have those bad weeks and we get better. Right. Because what did you do? You adjusted. I adjusted. <laughs> Chicken running around in my head. <laughs> well, we did. I think we had a couple of days where we're like, we're going to call it 
it today. We're going to call it. We're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you have those things happen to you and you're so reluctant. Like I am so reluctant to share sometimes. Like I'm okay sharing with my community because I know logically that sharing of our struggles is a way for everybody to bond. And it's a way to tell people that they are not alone in this and that other people go through this as well. But sharing them in my close relationships is harder for me. Well, because those people know you. They know me and I feel like I'm complaining or something like that. Oh. It's hard. Like, it's weird. Yeah, it's- I mean, I, you know, I, I get that. Like, honestly, I had that thought process my way over. Because yeah. like, since we've been working every morning, you're like, so how was your day? And I'm like, oh, this happened with my daughter. This happened with my son. This happened with this. And my, this, my old work's been texting me. And like, it's just, it's... And I feel like I've been complaining a lot. But it's a venting. Like you need it. Like I've learned more about you in these past (laughs) two or three weeks than I've known in the past six years. (laughs) And even the last 24 hours, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But yeah, so it's it's funny how that is. Like again, parenthood, it's messy. Yeah. Things are messy. You need help. You You need need help. You need those support systems. You need some degree of organization to, to figure things out and to be able to move forward, pivot. And you're not complaining if you talk to your friends about your problems. No. You're not, your friends are there to help you and they're, and if they don't help you, they're not very good friends. But chances are good too. Like you just said, like they're, they'll hear it and they'll be like, oh, thank God. I thought it was the only one. Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh my gosh, I so like, I see you. I feel what you're going through. And if you need anything, I am right here to support you. Like a pumpkin spice latte. Like a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> we had a lot of, of pumpkin coffee last week. <laughs> we needed it. Oh, the pumpkin spice. Yes. Well, we had a lot of fun with Laura and go sign up for her Get Organized HQ Summit. Remember, it's completely free, but with 70 speakers, I'm going to recommend that you get that all-access pass uh, that will be offered to you right after you sign up. It's totally optional though. So we're going to end it there. And, you know, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll see you next time. See you soon. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 